My Bible is open to Genesis chapter 39. She's military trained. Yeah. We'll have to give you some way back, some warm ups, something to get you some together. You're going to have to, what is it, PT? Yeah, you're going to have to have PT. Get yourself together. I'm praying for you. Praying for you. I'm going to go ahead to hire us another musician also. Because he's going to be on sabbatical for about two weeks. So we got to have somebody in place. So please pay your tithes and offering. So we can bring Jamie. And Jamie can get on these keyboards. And so when he fall out, Jamie can take over. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all found Genesis yet? All right. I was just giving you time. Some of y'all hadn't opened your book in a long time. Genesis chapter 39, starting, <laughs> starting with verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him <laughs> from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, oxymoron. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, oxymoron. I'll keep going. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord had made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor, say favor in the sight in his sight and served him then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority uh, for a brief few moments i want to talk about the secret of my success the secret of my success lord we thank you for being here do what you do in jesus name amen you may be seated in the presence of the lord The secret of my success. Joseph is a, a young lad. He's around about 17 years old. And um, Joseph um, has had a very interesting life up to the point of this particular um, story. Um, Joseph um, was the favorite son of his father, Jacob. And, and, and Jacob loved Joseph so much that Jacob um, had him a tunic, a coat made of many colors. And in the Hebrew translation, it means that the coat had many different types of fabric. And it had special sleeves in the coat that only rich people or people or well-to-do people would wear. Um, it was much different than the brothers that Joseph had because Joseph's brothers had raggedy hand-me-down coats that were worn in the fields. They had garments that were dusty and dirty. They were he-men. They were workers of the field. They were the tender of the sheep and the goats and the bulls. Um, but Joseph was privileged. He got the chance to stay in the house. And he was also the snitch of the family. 
Yeah, yeah. Joseph was the one that would walk out to the fields to speak to his brothers and then go back to the house and tell his daddy what was going on in the fields. Yeah. Uh, um, Joseph would get home and daddy would say, and hey, them boys out there um, 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 get making sure my crop's right. And, and Joseph would tell um, who was doing what, who was uh, um, working and who was loafing off. And, and they would get home and get a whipping because of Joseph. So they hated Joseph because Joseph was his daddy's favorite. And so one day Joseph did his usual and was coming out to the fields to holler at his brothers. And, and, and the brothers decided, you know what, we, we tired of him, let's kill him. It's something when your family turns on you. I know most of you have families that are full of support and full of love and are there to encourage you. But some of us or some have had families that they'll cut your throat if you let them. They, uh, yeah, if you don't believe me. And those of you who have beautiful families, go to your family reunion. You got an uncle or auntie somewhere crazy in your family. I know you want to make us believe that everybody in your family saved, but you got that drunk uncle. You got that, uh, that auntie that dip snuff, that cuss everybody out. You got that old person that's mean to everybody that's mad with you because you don't eat their nasty potato salad. But you got to eat it because if you don't, they're going to show out and turn the whole family reunion out. Yeah, y'all got some crazy people in your family. And if you give them a chance, they will turn on you. And so uh, his brothers decide that they're going to kill him. They're going to take his life. And he has one brother, the oldest boy, that says, you know what, don't kill him. Don't kill him. He's still our brother. Plus, we won't be able to explain it. I tell you what, let's throw him in a pit and say that the animals got him. So they threw him in the pit. Joseph is now in a pit, put in a pit by the people closest to it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, y'all get that on the way home. Or, or y'all will get that when you find out your cousin lied on you last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He put it in a pit by the people who loved him most. And then the same brother said, you know, I, we can't do our boy like this. It's still my baby brother. I can't, I can't do him like this. Let's tell you what. Let's go ahead and get rid of him and get paid at the same time. Let's sell him to some Midianites, some, some, some descendants of the man Ishmael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you didn't know, uh, uh, the Ishmaelites were, were the, the, the sons of Ishmael, who was the son that Abraham had um, other than the real son that God told him he would have. He's the one that, that Sarah told uh, Abraham, go sleep with my maid Hagar. Because God said I was going to have a child, and, and because I'm too old to have a child, let me help God out. And anybody ever tried to help God out and he ended up being a mess? Oh, I see I'm talking to some strangers today. Yeah, let me warn you to my guests. If you clam up on me, I will come and get in your business. And then when you start hollering at me, I get out your business and go on home. So the best thing to do is go ahead and say amen, whether you understand or not. All right. So now they are uh, 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 Ishmaelites, are the descendants of Ishmael, and now they come and take Joseph into slavery. Joseph now is naked, parched, bound, and chained. And is being marched through the streets of Egypt. 
Now you got to understand Moses. I mean, not Moses, but 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 uh, jo Joseph's father was a rich man. Jacob was rich, but son of a rich man is now being marched through the streets of Egypt as a slave. He's stripped of everything. He's thirsty. It wasn't his fault. He didn't owe nobody. So he didn't have to be a slave because of debt. He was rich. He had no debt. He was slave because of the jealousy of someone else. I don't know. This may be for somebody who's been in trouble because of somebody else. I don't know if you got caught up or if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time or whatever, but you caught up right now because of somebody else. I know you're looking at me funny, but maybe you co-signed for somebody a call. Oh, yeah. I, thought, I told you, I'd get up your street. And now the creditor's calling you because... They won't pay they note, and, and, and now your junk jacked up. You got caught up. You are enslaved to debt for somebody else. So now Joseph marched down the street as a 17-year-old boy. Because he's so young, they put him up on the auction block. And they stand and say, here, we got a young strapling lad here that's good for the fields. He's good for, 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 for siring children if you want to build your coffers. If you want to build workers, you can put them in with your slave girls and have kids. And so you can raise them up and they can work your fields. He's a strapling young boy. Who, who will give me, who will give me some denarii for this young lad? I can hear them all over the room and say, give me one, give me one, give me one. And they raise their hand, John, two, two, two. Anybody got two? Give me two, give me two. And somebody else raise their hand, give me three, 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 three. And, 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 and they go to auctioning him off, and he's standing there being auctioned, and Potiphar steps up, who was well known. And when Potiphar stepped out of the crowd, the auction stopped because they understood that Potiphar was a rich man and he was also, he was also a very well-to-do man. He was a governor in the city. And Potiphar says, I'll take him for whatever. I'll go beyond the last bid given and I'll take him for my house. And so they pulled Joseph off the auction block and march him behind his new master. Since we have a large African-American population in our congregation, massa. So now Joseph is behind massa. And that's why I call this text an oxymoron. Because I'm enslaved. And the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful man. But he was in the house of his 
wait a minute, I'm a slave. I owe everybody. I'm indebted to everybody. I'm in bondage. But God said, I'm a successful man. Well, let's give you some definitions. I told you I'm not going to finish this today. I'm just going to get you started. Success in the worldview is money, prestige, your education, your social status, your occupation. All of these are, are, are successful or, or, or keys to success in the worldview, in society's view. So if you have any of these, the, the better house you have, the more successful you are. The better type of car you drive, the more successful you are. The higher your educational pursuits and achievements, the more successful you are. And that's a standard that is not only the worldview, but has been infiltrated in the church. So we judge you by what you have. We judge you by how you look or how you dress. We judge you by how much you put in the offering. Oh, I'm right in the church, yeah. Yeah, we judge you by that. If you give big tithes, if you give big offerings, if you are the first to jump up with stuff, then you successful in our eyes. It's worldview. Let me show you what the Christian view. The Christian view of success is success is not what you have, uh -huh. but who you have. And that determines your level of success. Well, I, I, I can just break it down to the white meat and get you to that point. Now, I'm going to be interchanging words here. So um, throughout this whole series, I'm going to be using three words. I'm going to be using success, favor, and grace. Success, favor, and grace. I'm going to be using these words interchangeably because they all mean the same thing. All right? So you'll hear, them, hear me throw them out here and there. So you know if I say favor, I'm still talking about success. If I say grace, I'm still talking about favor. Everybody with me? All right. The unmerited favor of God is this, Jesus. Now, I know, I know you've been taught because in our efforts to simplify favor for you, We've taught that favor is the hookup. Right, 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 right. Bottom line, we've taught that favor is God making something happen for you that you didn't deserve to happen. And because of God's favor, you got the hookup. You know, you know, when, when, when we called the light company and they were supposed to cut the lights off today and they decide to hold it until Wednesday when you get your check, we say that's the favor of God on my life. And we shout about it. Yeah, that's the evidence of the favor. But it's not the favor. Oh, yeah, I'm going to change a whole lot of paradigms today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the job that you got that you wasn't supposed to have, that you got and, and they hired you in spite of your educational level, and there were so many more overqualified people that they passed over for you, um, we say that's the favor of God. It's not the favor of God. It's the evidence of the favor of God. 
Yeah, think about anything that you have been privileged to that you didn't deserve. Anybody, can you think about anything that happened to you that you didn't deserve? And you called it favor, maybe, yeah, that's all right. But really, it's not. It's the evidence of the favor of God. Because the favor of God is Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were in trouble. We were in sin. We were dying and going to hell, and God did us, did us a favor. He said, y'all can't help yourself. I'll send you some help. I'll send Jesus down. And then Jesus came as a favor to God for us. So those of you that are walking around looking for favor, if you know Jesus, you got favor. If you don't have Jesus, you better get him because he is favor. Matthew 1.23 says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Jesus is God's favor for us. See, you got to understand, the only reason or the only way that God could say that Joseph was successful was because he understood that the Lord was with him. You are a success or you experience the favor of God when God is with you in the person of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So God, let, let's look at it. Let's look at it. So we say Jesus is the favor of God. Okay, okay, well, what does Jesus do? Jesus says, I will be with you. So I got him with me. If I got him with me, I got favor. Okay, well, Jesus, what do you do? Saving you is God's job description. Jesus says, my job description is to save you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me add a word in there for you taking notes. It, 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 Jesus' job description is to save your life. Well, you just said the same thing, Pastor. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. At first I said Jesus' job description was to save you. And then I said, no, Jesus' job description is to save your life. Okay, let me see if I can clarify what I'm saying to you. Jesus' job description is to save you. Okay, he saved us from hell. Those of us that have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior saved us from hell, right? But he said, I didn't just come to save you from hell. I came to save your life. Okay, y'all need scripture. John 10, 10 says, I am come that ye might have and that I came to save your life. I came to change your way of living. I came to upgrade. Somebody say upgrade. upgrade. Your lifestyle. And it has nothing to do with your money. Uh, I, I, I can prove it. I can prove it. Let's look at the name Jesus. Jesus uh, in the Hebrew is Yeshua. It means, and it's a derivative from the word Yahweh, which means God. So if you use Yeshua, what you're saying is, when I say the word Jesus, I'm saying God is Savior. That's right. 
or the Lord is our Savior. God is our Savior or the Lord is our Savior. Every time I say Jesus, I'm proclaiming that he came to save my life. Yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all looking at me crazy, but, but this is a saying that either I heard or I don't know if I made it up. I don't know if it just came to me. Men are known by the deeds that they do. Anybody agree with me? Okay, if you don't, I'll, I'll prove it to you. Uh, uh, Tiger Woods is known for what? Golf. He's known by the deeds, not the women he got. Y'all didn't know that. That just slipped out. But if anybody would have called Tiger Woods, you wouldn't say white women. You'd say golf. Michael Jordan is known for? Yeah, men are known by the deeds they do. Michael Jackson was known for music first. For some of y'all that want to be funny, I got you. Entertainment. Barack Obama is known for leadership. Men are known by, by, what the, by the deeds they do. Bernie Mac is known for comedy. You know, I had to give my... Hannah was known for powerful prayer. Men are known by the deeds they do. Esther was known for her boldness. Joshua was known as a warrior. Men are known by the deeds that they do. John was known for the revelation. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus is known for saving. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Why do you think people came to church looking for Jesus? Because they wanted to be, because he was known for Saving, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus is known by what he does. I, I can prove it. Anybody in here that God ever saved? Yeah, he saved your life. He saved you, but anybody here that he saved your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anybody ask you, how, how is it that you living like you living? How is it that you doing like you're doing? And you just got to say Jesus because that's what he does. He came to save you. He know how to make salvation do what it do. He know how to do it. He came to save us. So uh, Joseph is now called successful because the spirit of God is with Joseph, Emmanuel. And Yeshua means that he has come to save him. So now, if, 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 if Yeshua now is here to save me, why am I still a slave? Why am I still broke? Why am I still hurting? Why am I still sick? Why am I still going through trials? Why am I still going through? If Jesus is my favor, then why don't I feel favorable? Yeah, Jesus, you here? You here? What's up? Where my hook up at? Where, where, where is it? Uh, Jesus said it's going to take a minute. You don't have enough of me yet. Oh, let me show you. God's presence is the secret to God's power in my life. So uh, my success is entangled with his presence and I must be confident that he is with me and has the power to save me. So the more Jesus I got, the more favor I got. 
logical deduction. If I got a whole lot of Jesus in my life, then I got a whole lot of favor in my life. But if I have very little Jesus in my life, then I'm walking in very little favor. And the favor that I'm walking into, I created it. And this is the issue. I'm, I'm, this just dawned on me, Miss Lily, because you know I like to go to Genesis and go back to the creation story for just about everything. But this is one thing I just noticed. God gave us creative power. But God didn't give us power to, just, to sustain anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were created in God's likeness. We were created in God's image. So God had the power to say, let there be, and it was. God had the power to stoop down in the dust and make man and blow life in him, and man became a living nephish, became a living soul. God has created power. And he says, if you were created in, in my image and in my likeness, you have the same creative power. Everybody with me? Yeah, but I just found out that God gave us the power to create, but didn't give us the power to sustain. We can create it, but we can't keep it going. We can make it hard, but we can't keep it beating. Because God says, I got to make it to a point where you still need me. I'll let you create it, but you need me to sustain. Oh, y'all don't hear me. You need me to sustain it. You need me to hold it together. You need me to hold it up. You went and applied for the job, but you need me to keep the job. Y'all don't hear me. You need me to go to the doctor. You, you can go to the doctor, but you need me to get healthy. So you need me. And so the more you have of me, the more favor you have. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go. We got to go home. I'm going to finish in your home. Favor or success is subject to the one who created it. That's good and bad. Because if you created your own success, you're responsible that's why your blood pressure high. That's why you got to take 12 pills a day. That's why you evil and cantankerous and can't nobody say nothing to you and you're so moody. Women, y'all too moody. That ain't in my notes, but I just felt that in the Holy Ghost. Can y'all keep some of y'all moves even sometime? what day this is for you. We don't know how to deal with you. I spoke to you. You hugged me yesterday. You shot me a bird tomorrow. What's wrong with you? Keep your junk. Every man in here ought to clap as hard as you can clap. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So, so now, so now, even, quit being moody, man, quit being moody.
I ain't impressed because that's my money. She just gave me my money back. Gave me my twenty dollar back. So, so y'all, favor or success is subject to the one who created it. If you created it, you're responsible for sustaining it, and it's about to take your life because you don't. You juggling trying to. Keep all of that stuff going that you created. And God is saying, if you allow me in your life and, 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 allow, and, and, and hold on to my favor for you, then I'm the one responsible for sustaining it. And whoever's in my hands, nobody can pluck them out. Uh, I got another one for you. I'm going to throw it out there. And those of you that want the rest of this, come Tuesday night and come next Sunday. I'll finish it for you. Uh, 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 Jesus does not send favor. Jesus does not send favor. He calls for it. He don't send it. I know you've been praying, God, I need you to send some favor down. And we use catchphrases, favor ain't fair, and, and all of that, and that's great. That sells a whole lot of books and sells a whole lot of CDs and, and, and DVDs and stuff like that. That's great. That's all wonderful. But Jesus does not send favor. He calls for it. I'll prove it. I'll prove it. I'll prove it. And when, when God wanted to flood the earth, he stood on the earth and called for the waters. Yeah, yeah. When he wanted the Red Sea parted, he got in Moses' stick and called for the winds to blow the sea open. He didn't send the winds. Yeah, uh, okay, let me show you. Didn't Jesus say, I will never leave you nor forsake you? I will be with you always even to the end of the world or to the end of the age. Which means I'm not sending anything if I'm with you. I'm calling. Oh, yeah. So the more that I have Jesus evident in my life, the more favor or success is attracted to me. Oh, y'all don't get it. Y'all don't get it. I knew this was gonna take, y'all knew this was gonna take more than one Sunday for y'all to get this. Yeah, yeah. If you got Jesus, Jesus is saying favor is attracted to the creator. I did not just say it's subject to the person who created it. So if I have favor in me, then success is a magnet to favor. Y'all didn't know that the key to your favor is living right. Y'all didn't know that, did you? Yeah. I'm finna, I'm finna get on my apostolic people's road. Holiness is right. I'm finna get on my apostolic soapbox right quick now. Yeah, I know we don't talk about that much in church. I know we try to give y'all easy pills for living, but let me tell you something. Number one, you got to live right. You can't drink, sleep, be with everything 
bringing everybody and you expect the blessings of God to flow over your life. You're going to have to put it up, close it up, pluck it away, hide it from yourself, run from it, shut it down, whatever you got to do. I know we tell our young people to cover it up, but put it up. Y'all don't want to get with me. Y'all don't want to get with me. And I don't care because I'm going to tell you the truth. Some of y'all playing around with God. You come up here and shout and you go off and screw. Family and friends ain't till next week. I'll be polished next week. And then you say, yo, quick, I'm sorry. Then you come back up in here. Oh, yeah, you free now because you got that monkey off your back. Oh, sex is not your thing. Okay, I got you. But you mean as hell. A Christian is nice sometimes. You got an attitude about everything. They didn't put lemon in my water. I, I'm the one that's supposed to put lemon in the water. And somebody else put lemon in the water. So I ain't coming this week because they did what I was supposed to do. And there ain't no love there. Grow up! You've been saved for 30 years and you still getting mad about the stupidest stuff. You didn't put the lemon in the water because you wasn't there. When what you should have done is went to the person who put the lemon in the water and say, look here, I will late. Thank you so much for doing it for me. I got you next week. Uh, but I appreciate you, though. That means I didn't have to do it, but he got done. Look at your neighbor and say, quit being silly. Oh, yeah, I'm pastor. I can say what I want. Some of y'all in here mad with each other over the silliest crap. And then you got the audacity and the nerve to blame the church for your silliness. You mad with one somebody, and then you quit church because you mad with one somebody, and they came to church. You done lost your mind. I wouldn't let no Negro separate me from the power of God, the spirit of God, the worship of God. You sit over there, I sit over here. But I'm going to lift my hands and give God glory. Your silly self. And you expect God to favor you. Jesus ain't in you. So success ain't following you. A man is known by what he does. If you do a bunch of foolish stuff, then you're a fool. I didn't call you a fool. I just described what you do. So, the more Jesus that I have, I got to go. The more favor that I have or the more success is attracted to me because Jesus is the one who calls success to himself. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got to put this in here. God is going public. God is going public. When Jesus first started his ministry, Jesus told him, shh, 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 shh. 
Don't tell nobody I healed you. Don't tell nobody I delivered you. Don't tell nobody I made a way because it's not my time yet. But if you read the life of Jesus, the older Jesus got and the further he got in the ministry, the more public he got and the bolder he got. When Jesus first started, Jesus wasn't saying, I'm God. He was just saying, here, have a little bit of this right here. Boom, walk. You need to see? Go ahead. Here you go. Bam. You go ahead and see. But the more he grew in ministry, Jesus was like, well, let me tell you why you sin. You sin because I am God. And then he started healing folk in mass crowds, just walking up the streets and blessing folk and healing folk and delivering folk and casting out devils. And he didn't care who knew it. All the religious people were standing around mocking him. He was like, all right, well, I'm going to show you. Bam, I heal them. I heal and deliver and set free. And Jesus went public. See, what I'm trying to tell you is, when you have the favor of God in you, he's going to make success known to everybody around you. Even your enemies. Look at somebody and say, baby, if you don't like me now, give me a few minutes. You mad with me now, you hate me now because a little bit I'm doing or the little bit I got, you just need to wait because you're going to really despise me later. I'm going to have to have bodyguards for you because God's getting ready to call success to me to such a degree that if you can't handle this little bit here, and I ain't even got nothing, but you can't handle this, you're going to hate me later. Look at somebody and say, don't hate me later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your psalm says, Thou prepares a table before me in the... God is going public. Yes, he is. They got to see me blessed. They, they got to see me successful. They, they got to see me healed. They got to see me with the way made. They got to see me with a smile on my face. I know they tried to put the frown on there, but I'm cheesing like a mule eating yellow jackets because God has brought success. To me. Y'all will get that visual later. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe y'all playing. But I got any successful people in here. If, you, if you're successful, this is what I want you to do. I want you to call your name and say, successful because God is with me. In other words, I am, call your name, and I'm successful because God is with me. Y'all got me? You ready? Let's do it. I am. Say it again. Say it three times for the Holy Ghost. And that's how you got to go every day. I don't care if you got to say it a hundred times a day. You get up every morning and look in the mirror while you brushing your teeth or combing your hair or whatever you doing and say, I am John Crossland and I am successful because God is with me no matter what comes on. When they make you mad, you look at them and say, you know what? I am successful because God is with me. When they shut your check or your money get funny, look at your check. Don't cut. Just say, you know what? I I am. 
because God is with me. I dare you to prophesy that to about three people and say you are successful because God is with you. Oh, don't be stingy with it. Find three people, count them if you ain't got nothing to do, and tell them. Now, if I got anybody that really believe that and ain't playing around with it, come on and give God praise right here. to go home. So, so, as we leave this place, I, I told you that I'm just getting started. And this is going to be a series. But since y'all standing up, I may as well preach for about five minutes and I'm going home. I know many of you are standing there and wondering what you got me in D flat. Don't put me in E flat because I ain't going nowhere from there. Yeah, yeah, those of you yeah, there are those of you that are standing and looking at me. You got a question in your mind. You want to know, well, why is it that if God is in me, that I'm not being blessed the way that I think I ought to be blessed? Well, I asked Jesus that same question this morning, and I needed him to give me an answer. Well, this is what Jesus told me. He said, the reason that you have not experienced the level of success that you think you ought to experience right now is for this one reason alone. He says, I purchased you as property, but before I can occupy you, I got to do some things to you. And then he brought my mind to a person that's buying investment property. Before you can move any furniture in it, you got to go through it and inspect the property. There might be some old carpet on the floor, and you got to rip up the old carpet. You got to check to see if it needs a new roof. You got to check to see if the walls need paint. You got to check to see if the locks need to be changed on the doors. And then God said, that is why I'm doing this for you. I'm in you, but before I can call for success, I got to change your carpet, because too many people have been walking through here, and I got to change your foundation, yes, before I can call success, I got to put a new roof over your head, because you've been hiding under some things that are not good for you, yes, before I can call success, I got to repaint the walls. Cause smudge marks from bad decisions are all over the walls. And I got to repaint them white with red blood. Yes, before I can call success, I got to change the locks on your doors. Because too many people have been inside you spiritually and mentally and I got to change the locks to keep some people out of you that's been messing up your mind that's been messing up your emotions I got to get away some bad influences I got to push away some bad habits I got to lock out some bad circumstances yes. I told you I'm on my way out of here. But when I get the locks changed, when I get the carpet replaced, 
when I get the walls repainted and the roof redone, then I'm going to stand right in the middle of your house and I'm going to call success to myself because success is subject to the one who created it and since I created it, I can call it so don't despise God cleaning up your life he's just making room for your success yeah when people stop calling you on your cell phone it's just God making room for your success when relationships end abruptly cry all you want to but it's just God making room for success, yeah, yeah, you can hear the end of this on next week, but I came to tell you that God is making room for your success, as a matter of fact, look at about three people, now make it seven, so y'all can move around and tell your neighbor that God making room for your success. Go ahead and tell them. Hey, 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 hey. God is making room for your success. Go ahead and tell them. Stop all your crying. God is making room. Stop the pity party. God is making room. Stop all your complaining. God is making room. Get rid of the numbers. God is making room. In those relationships, God is making room. success. Anybody in here believe it? If you believe it, shout it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lord, I'm telling you, success is coming. I'm prophesying now in Jesus' name. Those of you that are willing to sell out for the Lord. Success is on its way. You may as well open your doors, open up all your windows, make room everywhere. And the Lord said, as long as you got room, I'm gonna keep sending it. As long as you got space, I'm gonna keep sending it. I'm gonna keep.